Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. This is your host Junius and joining me today is Amrit Arora, Head Human Resource at Digit Insurance. Welcome to the show Amrit. Thank you so much Junius and thank you for this opportunity. It's a pleasure hosting you today Amrit. Uh thank you so much for joining us, giving us uh your time this morning. Uh Amrit we begin our episodes by getting to know our guests a little better. Uh you know HR is not something that everyone thinks of as a first option when it comes to career choices but there are a select few that you know early on in their lives they realize that they possess that skill that they want to uh, mm-hmm. you know they're empathetic and they like to solve people challenges right uh, were you this uh, this kind what led you to you know get into HR tell us about your career so i started my journey uh, you know as a management trainee with a company called bajaj alliance which mm-hmm. was also a general insurance company and this was way back in 2003 and okay. uh, now i think after 18 years i'm back to another insurance company um mm-hmm. i've got the opportunity to work with great mentors i've had a fantastic experience uh, i have also worked with hindustan times where i was responsible for setting up the hr department for the radio division fever 104 so having been part of two companies i think setting up and scaling up operations digit for me is the third and uh, right now we're working at making it an aspirational brand on a personal level i think i want to keep learning embracing change in myself and the industry great now um coming to our second question uh, this happens to do uh, you know a little bit with the pandemic uh, during the pandemic of course it caught us uh, off guard knocked us off our feet uh, no one was prepared for things like this right uh, but let's talk about onboarding right i think that was a, a challenge that a, a lot of companies managed to resolve early on uh in you know the global lockdown that we had i think there were a few logistics challenges with getting uh, the devices to the candidates homes and things like that but these yeah. were you know resolved pretty early on in the uh, lockdown phase that we had uh but you know what would be your advice to companies today that are concerned that their new hires are being shortchanged in their experience of the workplace culture okay so uh, you know most companies focus just like most companies focus on creating the customer journey i think the hr department needs to focus on creating the employee journey and in that onboarding your new hires is the most critical phase you will never have a more eager employee than on the first day and it's very important to capitalize on it uh you know to tell them that how pleased you are to have them on board and why they should feel great about being selected you need to engage with them uh you know there is a very interesting book written by michael watkins it's called the first 90 days and it points out that the break even point for new hires is about 6.2 months and it's in the pre onboarding and the onboarding phase that you have an opportunity to shorten this period 
So there is a lot you can do when an employee, you know, is in front of you. But virtual onboarding leads a lot more effort. But today, I think thanks to automation, digitization, artificial intelligence, you can do a lot. So like you said, a big challenge for companies is how do you make your remote workers experience the workplace culture? Uh, Breeding culture in a mass environment, you know, is not easy. And I'll give you an example of how we overcame this in digit. Earlier, we used to have something which was called the huddle day, which was a, you know, a face-to-face induction. And every new joinee from 100 plus locations used to be called to our head office. But with the pandemic and, of course, the number of joinees, uh, you know, increasing, it became very difficult. So we thought of addressing it by creating a culture immersion deck for all new digitals, which basically, you know, uh, in which we tell them by way of stories and examples, what does it truly mean to be a digital? You know, a digital is confident, transparent, has nothing to hide. A digital thinks like an owner. A digital is like a sponge. So it talks about why we started Digit, what we believe in, how these beliefs have been lived by employees through real stories. And in fact, our chairman himself recorded a video where he talks about our journey. So this is one initiative. Another initiative, I think we uh, took a digit to ensure that cultural orientation happens virtually was to launch something which is called Digit Wire. Now, through this, we share weekly mailers about our mission, values, products, offices, our recent achievements with the new hires a month before they actually join us. And this keeps them really, really excited about what's, uh, you know, what awaits them. It reduces the offer drop rate. Uh, it also manages the uncertainty during remote working. Uh, I think besides that, a lot of small initiatives like, you know, you can send announcement mails with pictures, assigning a buddy to your new joinee, weekly connects with them till they complete three months. And we also have an AI chatbot, which engages with them virtually uh, at regular milestones to capture feedback. So I think these initiatives really help in bridging that cultural gap. This uh, AI chatbot, is it an in-house tool or, um, you know, are you... We are working with Infido right now. Okay, okay. Yes. Got it, got it. Uh, You know, you brought up AI. Uh, I had another guest that I had hosted here and Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was really surprised to know this, but they were using VR for onboarding, right? And up until that moment when I was hosting that podcast and uh, talking to this guest, I had no idea that VR virtual reality went way beyond, you know, games or even uh, medical, uh, you know, uh, you know, today doctors Mm -hmm. are using VR to sort of uh, perform surgeries remotely, but I had no idea that VR was being used in HR, right? And especially for something like onboarding. So they were trying to give the, uh, you know, look and feel of how the office is sort of like a walkthrough, like you, as if you were walking through the office, uh, but with, you know, VR headsets on very interesting. And this is what I meant, right? Like when the pandemic hit us, uh, onboarding was something that we managed to solve pretty quickly, right? Within the first few months, I feel that that is Mm -hmm. something that we uh, openly embrace technology and managed to solve that uh, challenge. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, uh, culture is the way that an organization and its members think and behave uh, with its stakeholder web. Uh, according to you, what is the true meaning of organizational 
culture and its impact on employees' performance? Um, so culture, I think, comes from values. It's how your team behaves when you're not around. Um, and comparing your actions to your values, I think, is the litmus test for any company's authenticity. So your culture is uh, what will help you navigate through any crisis. You know, it's the values you live by on a day-to-day basis. And these values need to be real. They need to be lived by leaders at all levels of the organization. Uh, And for HR, I think it's very critical to continuously keep measuring and monitoring culture and take steps to recognize and reward behavior. You know, coming back to give you an example of, you know, we were trying to think of what can we do in digit. So we instituted an award called the Guardians of Digit Award, which actually rewards behavior that exemplifies the values we live by, which is the value of transparency and the value of questioning the status quo. You know, and then, of course, talking about how culture impacts performance, I think culture has a large quantifiable effect on performance. Uh, If you have a winning culture, you can outperform your peers and competitors. Uh, And in fact, studies show that, you know, 40 percent of the difference between your high performing and low performing companies is the culture. It leads to higher levels of engagement. It will always keep you on track. And if your value system is strong, uh, you know, it'll never let the train run off track. It will keep you moving in the right path and maintain a positive momentum. Uh, But again, HR uh, needs to be the conscience keeper of the organization. Uh, You know, like in Digit, we have two values, which I spoke about. And there was a time where we thought one of our values was not being, you know, exhibited. Uh, So we decided to run a campaign called Question the Status Quo Campaign. So I think you have to continuously keep on working to sustain the culture that you worked so hard to build. Right. Right. So it's not just a one-time thing and neither is it a one-size, you know, fits all, right? Absolutely. And I think think today culture is being talked about all the more uh, with the great resignation because that is what is differentiating Uh between, you know, whether an employee, one, wants to join me to want to stay with me for long, right? Uh, we have such a difficult, uh, uh, you know, workforce that we're working with today, comprising of largely millennials, instant gratification and all of that, right? And we, we love posting everything on Instagram, Snapchat, and we're looking for likes and things like that. And it's a very difficult workforce to impress, I feel. And culture is that one thing I think one tool rather in your arsenal uh, mm-hmm. that you can use to make a difference in this whole, uh, you know, the great resignation situation that we're in. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very important that uh, it should not be owned by a single person. It has to be distributed across the entire organization. Uh, correct. But uh, can you elaborate a little bit? So, uh, like I said, it has your values, whatever you believe in, they have to be distributed across all leaders in the organization. It yeah. just cannot be a handful of believe who believe in those values, a handful of people who believe in those values. True, true. But isn't it a little difficult driving that as you grow, uh, isn't yeah. it a little difficult to get that same sort of enthusiasm, uh, you know, in the team? So, uh You know, we face this particular question and uh, like I mentioned earlier, we were trying to think of how do we address it and which is why we created that culture immersion deck, which we spoke about, where we actually explain 
how different people are living up to values through stories and examples so we have incorporated stories from every office across the country you know how someone is living our values in durgapur in siliguri in surat in baroda and they are actual examples so that i think gets people on 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 the same platform so that way it's a little more relatable not just it's it's not just everything is not led by the head office you know mhm oh that's interesting got it um so recently i uh, read an article on employee engagement uh, and it states that there is a very thin line between empowering and micromanaging employees right okay. so what is the uh, what is employee empowerment to you and how to empower employees at work so i think empowering employees for me is giving them challenging work Uh, with okay. generous boundaries and freedom to work uh, okay. believing in them trusting them and communicating this to them in every opportunity you get so empowerment is uh, you know not an increase in your level of responsibility or your job but the freedom you give to an employee to drive decisions and take ownership of whatever it entails to complete their job uh, but how do you empower employees so i'll give you an example of how we did it in digit in digit we have many practices uh, you know which help empowering employees for example we give them the power to drive their kras we follow the okr methodology where in every employee in digit can see what the other person is working on so everybody's okrs are published and they can see how their kras contribute to digit's main objectives and it also imbibes our value of transparency um uh, then we give them a sense of ownership we run a employee stock appreciation scheme which is linked to you know the companies and the individual performance we believe in two way communication uh, i spoke about our question the status quo campaign we have started something which is called you know the best best practice meal in which you know we seek suggestions from all our new joinees of how we can improve processes at digit overall and in their specific department keeping in mind our values of being transparent and questioning the status quo and then of course uh, you know we have reward rewards which are democratic where employees can choose and vote and in fact we've started uh, you know something which is called the employee super achiever awards where you can self nominate yourself and uh, of course uh, we have constant feedback we have uh, amber which is our ai chatbot so i think as an organization uh, it's important to be non bureaucratic to have a flat structure you need to shun cumbersome rules uh, drive a shared vision and never withhold the power in a few hands so it has to be distributed absolutely absolutely got it great so uh, it's also often said that unless you hire right you will never change culture and you will never change your performance orbit right uh, mm-hmm. but according to you amrit how should companies evaluate for culture fit right uh, are there any guidelines or you know some pointers that come to mind um so you know while hiring for the cultural fit is always the right thing to do um uh, it also narrows your talent pipeline and it reduces yeah. your workforce diversity you know uh, hiring for culture fit is uh, good for recruiting um i mean is good but recruiting a new employee for cultural contribution and performance is more important which means that you hire employees not that no, not only align to your company's values 
but you also bring in diverse experiences and backgrounds to the table. You need to decide uh, that do I need five people who think the same or do I need five different perspectives? And what does this new hire bring to my team that I don't already have? What skills, what backgrounds, what perspectives? You know, a culture fit will always have better retention. It will have lower training costs. But cultural diversity, I think, can lead to creativity and innovation. So I think you need to balance between uh, culture and performance. You have to look at the role in hand and then match it to the candidate. Hire people who believe in your company values, but yet make sure that you make the hiring decision is prejudice-free. So, uh, you know, in Digit, we have an equal opportunity policy, which we follow very, very stringently to make sure that there is no distinction uh, or there's no hiring done on any bias. And we uphold merit in all jobs. That's good to know. Um, So I read an article uh, that quoted leaders who relate with employees through egalitarian principles uh, lead to a greater feeling of equality in the workplace and significantly better business results than leaders who practice traditional power dynamics. Right. Uh, What is your take Mm -hmm. on this and what would your advice to companies trying to drive equality in the workplace be? I think an egalitarian approach is basically equality for all. It reduces the distance between your top management and your employees. Um, I think in Digit, uh, we have believed and followed this approach from the time of our inception. Uh, None of our policies are grade-driven. In fact, no one, no matter what level you are, uh, everybody in Digit has the same entitlement. Uh, We have an open seating policy. Nobody in Digit has a cabin. Uh, management is accessible to all. Uh, you know, we are a non-bureaucratic organization with a flat structure. It's very important for us not to have a one-dimensional leadership. Uh, you know, we make sure that the flow of information is not just one way. So, I think my advice to any organization would be to make sure, uh, that your leaders are not just uh, that are not supervisors, but are facilitators. Look at your hiring practices. Uh, you know, in Digit, we did a hiring rights session where we educated all leaders about the unconscious bias that they might have while hiring. Uh, you need to go beyond your homogeneous networks, uh, tap into diverse pipelines. And I think once you're successful in creating that equity in the workplace, make sure you give them generous boundaries of work, give them flexibility. Uh, you need to continuously keep a close check uh, on the pulse of the people, what drives them, uh, you know, different employees have different drivers, uh, create targeted r programs instead of generic award schemes. So I think we are still evolving, uh, aiming to make it a part of a wider effort. Got it. Got it. Great. Now, um, Lastly, Amrit, so this is a question that uh, I personally had, right? Um, there are there have been so many booms in the past, right? Uh, when it comes to startups and uh, uh, yeah, uh, and these are industry specific. So there was the e-com boom, logistics, fintech, uh, insurtech, and I think mm-hmm. right now talk of town is crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we always hear about the financial side of these things, right? The uh, investments they are raising, the uh, the revenue they're generating, the policies, the growth rates, all numbers, right? But we never hear Mm -hmm. from the 
HR perspective when these booms occur? What happens, you know, from the HR perspective? So I just wanted to ask you, right, uh, since we did sort of have this insurtech boom, a lot of startups that came in, a lot of uh, funds that were raised. What happens from an HR perspective when these things happen, right? Of course, there is rapid growth um, and there's a lot of PR taking place. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of interest in the company from candidates, stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So t- tell me a little bit about what happens when, you know, your, your company is in the news and your whole industry, in fact, is uh, you know, in boom. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, in Digit, when we started as an organization, uh, we were 400 people. And now we are about 2,500 people. We became a unicorn. We were the one of the earliest companies to become a unicorn in 2021. So, uh, and in the last two years, there's a lot of workforce transformation, which has happened where, you know, we went from 50 uh, Zoom calls or Skype calls a month to 5,000 Zoom calls. Wow. So I think uh, the onus uh, lies on HR. How do you, um, you know, make sure that the spirit of the company, the values of the companies, uh, how do you make sure that they continue to thrive in this mass environment? How do you make sure that you remain, um, you know, keep everybody centered? Uh, how do you make uh, non-negotiable core values? Uh, so I think I think that's about it. Could you ask me a little bit more? I didn't really understand what is it that specific question that you're aiming at here. All right. So it, it's just to understand how, uh, you know, HR deals with uh, a boom in the industry, right? So right now, crypto is the talk of town. Uh, it's always in the news, right? Whether it is policy making, whether it is revenues, whether it is investment mm-hmm. raised. That's what everyone's talking about when it comes to startups today, right? And a while ago, it was InsurTech because a bunch of InsurTech companies came into the space, uh, raised a ton of money, grew. So I just wanted to understand from an HR's perspective, what are some of the changes that take place internally when you know, something like this takes place? Um, I think for any uh, organization, it's very important to differentiate, differentiate yourself in the talent market. And it can be through unique people practices. You need to be more agile. You need to be more adaptable. Uh, in today's data time, the most important thing is, I think, employee well-being needs to be your strategic focus area. It cannot just be a crisis response. Um, and like I said uh, you know, earlier, that like most companies and businesses focus on creating the customer journey. We need to start focusing the employee journey. And uh, keep equity in mind, uh, keep on checking your milestones, uh, you know, make sure that the culture, your values, uh, everything is being adhered to at all levels, uh, at all uh, points in a customer, in a employee's life cycle, I think. Got it. Got it. Got it. Great. So thanks so much, uh, Amrit. That's about all the time we have today. Uh, Thank you so much for you know, walking me through all the different policies and initiatives that Digit, uh, you know, employs and how it's working well. Um, thanks for sharing some of the tips that you did, uh, some pointers that you did for our listeners. If, uh, you know, any of our listeners were to sort of connect with you, maybe follow you on social media, uh, what channels are you available on? I'm available on LinkedIn. Okay. 
Got it. Great. So we'll be sure to include your LinkedIn in the description for this podcast. And uh, once again, thank you so much for joining me this morning and sharing all these uh, you know, insights that you've had. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Great. We'll speak to you soon, Amrit. Thanks so much for joining us on the Shape of Work podcast.